one. There it is, ladies Whoa, and that, that gentlemen. Was that was faster than I that thought was it was going to be, but it's cool. Must have been some intuition there. Ah, <laughs> we'll see what that's all about. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> gentlemen, we got a fun one for you guys. But first, even though it's yeah. raining here in San Diego, we got to drop some heat. Yes, here we go. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz to schedule your time slot. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. We are so excited and so honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Business Bros Pod. Intuition is that gut feeling we have in any situation, whether in business or in our personal lives. It guides us, molds us, directs our paths, and if we can learn how to trust our intuition, we can set ourselves up for massive success. Our guest today is helping people do precisely that. Through his podcast series and his structured coursework, our guest is helping others understand the complex nature of our intuitions so that we're able to listen to the intuitive signals telling us what the right decision is to make in any situation and placing us squarely on the path to success in every area of our lives. I, for one, can't wait to hear our, about our guest's seven-step process on how to sharpen my intuition and learn how to trust myself even more. Joining us today from Intuitionology out of Ontario, Canada, welcome to the show, Sunil Gold! Sunil, welcome to the program, Wow, man. what an introduction. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time, guys. I'm really hoping to drop some knowledge bombs today. Oh, we're, 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 we're hoping that you do because, uh, you know, we all have that gut feeling. We all feel like something's going on. Sometimes it's a good feeling and we, we hesitate and don't kind of follow up and, and go through with it. What's up, Nick? And then other times we have that feeling like we shouldn't go through, but we feel obligated to and we go through it anyways. And then hindsight is always twenty twenty. Like, I destiny once i knew it i knew it right i knew i wasn't supposed to do that or i knew i was supposed to do that man how do we control that how can we make that part of a good thing where we can actually make it happen versus kind of just hoping in the wind that it happens absolutely so so intuition is is a lot more complex than we think and uh so if you think about people on social media saying i trust my gut uh you know and they're kind of they, they're not really they don't kind of know what they're talking about we always associate you know that gut feeling or that voice um and so that's kind of part of it but the, really the, the reason why i kind of dug really deep into this was that um i i my, when i wrote my first book called fail fast succeed faster the premise of that book was that if there were if you were to learn the 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 lessons of failure or hurdles from those in business and you didn't repeat them then you should be able to succeed faster and so when i used to talk on stages uh, around the world about that book 
the one question I got entrepreneurs asking me was, Sunil, give me the one thing that's going to tell me how to be successful. And so I said, well, okay, this is why I have a 400-page book here, not a one-page of PDF or a cue card. Uh, if it was just something I could write on a cue card, then you know people wouldn't pay me to speak. Uh, but what ended up happening is I went, I ended up going back to the uh, podcast interviews, the audio uh, interviews I had, and 80 to 90% of these business executives or entrepreneurs use some form of I ignored my gut. Um, I, I ignored my intuition. I knew what the right decision was. And so when I reflected back on my life to say, okay, when did intuition kind of really hit me? And I remember when I was five years old, there were these video games that I wanted to buy, but my dad was saying that it was too expensive. And I distinctly remember this voice telling me to go door to door to raise money. And so here's this five-year-old kid. I went door to door, had lots of milk and cookies, uh, and I raised $200. $100 went to my dad. And the other $100 went to this charity that my school was uh, was having because I really, really felt good about that. Uh, and so I really remember that voice. But then there were times where I ignored my intuition. Uh, and now that we looked at hindsight, one of the biggest ones is for those looking, I'm a South Asian male. So it, 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 when you're East Indian, there's really kind of four doors, career doors you go through. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And so <laughs> I picked door number three, which was engineering. My dad was an engineer. And my intuition, something was telling me to not do that. Uh, something was telling me to become an entrepreneur because I always had these entrepreneurial breadcrumbs all throughout my life. Yet I drank the East Indian Kool-Aid, became the engineer, and absolutely hated that career. Two years in, I got a chance to become a private investor in a Mexican restaurant chain that came up to Canada. And pretty soon I was making five times more in dividends as a private investor than I was as a full-time engineer. And so in year three, I quit. I sacrificed my relationship with my dad, uh, but I ended up doing something that was so amazing. And five to six ventures later, I had about $20 million in revenues and absolutely loved what I was doing. Morphed into management consulting, and I got this huge, huge uh, contract in Silicon Valley. And But the problem was that the contract terms kept changing. And once again, something was telling me to back away from that contract. Yet I was so emotionally drawn to the numbers that I went down there, spent every single penny, and the company didn't pay me. And I came back to Canada with mm. 25 cents in my bank account. And perhaps the no, most... Oh, hell no! <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. And perhaps the most devastating was when I was in engineering, I had a friend of mine who was being stalked at the time. And she reached out and said, Sunil, I really need some advice. And again, something was telling me to meet with her that afternoon. But I ignored that. Uh, and ended up saying, let's meet a couple of days later. And what happened is that same fellow the next day walked up to her in a bus shelter and put a bullet through her head. Oh. And now I've lost time, money, energy, effort, and a really good friend because of this thing called intuition that I ignored. And so I really needed to scratch the surface and figure out, okay, what is this thing called intuition? And so when I looked at the research, um, the research was, I, I didn't know if there was any research because at that time, uh, you know, when I looked, things were talking about manifestation, voices from God, and all those kind of things. And that really didn't resonate with me. Um, and I went to see an, uh, an international psychic who talked about these intuitive signals. And so what she was saying is that, yep, yeah, intuition is energetic in nature. There's really little to no research. And, uh, and we just have to change the belief systems. So that energy part really resonated with me, where if you go back to engineering, if you look at something like steel, for example, steel has a mass-like property and sort of energetic or wave-like property. So I like that sort of art and science balance to intuition. 
uh, the art part I got, but she was saying this, she was saying there's no research. And so I said, there's gotta be research. Like uh, if, if intuition hit me and I have all these executives talking about intuition, there's gotta be research here. And so I went to a neurologist and asked him and I wasn't, I didn't know what I was to expect. And I turned on the camera after interviewing him and he says it absolutely exists. Uh, we all have a sixth sense. It's actually, there's neurons that go into the gut area that short circuits the brain. And more and more neuroscience research is coming out saying that intuition actually acts much earlier than we consciously think about it. So now we have some science. And so my definition for me makes sense. So I go to an academic database to type in, okay, is there more research here? I type in the word intuition. I'm expecting 10 to 12 articles. Hit the enter button. Tens of thousands of articles on intuition. Mm. And one of the things I thought was that, okay, if intuition hit me at five, perhaps we're born with it. And there's this paper that showed that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive tendencies, or they call it intuitive physics in this paper. Then the premise was that how come I couldn't find a definition? There's a scientific uh, research that came out that shows that when you're using intuition, the, the part of the brain that gets hit is called the amygdala. That's the primitive part of the brain. All it knows is fight or flight. There's absolutely no capacity for language. So that now makes sense that I couldn't find a definition because it had to be a definition I wanted, right? And so now, and then with Dr. Rathbone, the neurologist saying that intuition hits that's much early that then we consciously think about it. Another research paper shows that intuition hits you on average seven to 10 seconds before you make a decision or take an action. And they did another study on entrepreneurs and they measured things like skin conductance and heart rate as a, as a proxy for intuition. And they found that entrepreneurs made decisions on average seven seconds. Their intuition made a decision seven seconds before they actually acted on that decision. Well, let, let's. I didn't think you had it in you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in there. I, I, you know, first of all, I mean, some tremendous stories. My, my brother uh, was murdered a, a few years ago and, and he was living in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at the time. And the last time he had come over to my house, we had a great time. You know, uh, my parents were here. And I remember, you know, after he left, I, I told my wife, I was like, it, it feels like it was the last time I was going to see him. Like I knew something inside me knew that that something was going to change. I had, and I had told her about it. And, you know, then after after everything happened, I was like, dude, that's just bizarre. Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, when my wife and I were dating, we were dating for like, you know, six years before we got married. But about about year five, I broke up with her and. I, I don't, I'm not a, a, a crier. Like I don't cry very often, but I remember I was breaking up with her. And as I'm telling her that I need to figure stuff out, I am bawling. Right. And she's looking at me like I'm crazy and I don't know where it came from. Right. I don't know how to describe where I was feeling. It felt like, like maybe like I was erasing my kids as I'm doing this thing. Right. So, you know, I, I feel like some of that stuff is in you. And I really like how you describe the idea of it has to be your definition of intuition because yes. my mom would say that's that's God speaking to you, right? Uh, uh, somebody else would say uh, I, I talked to uh, Kelly, the SoCal medium, on the show, and she was talking about you're vibrating at a different level, right? Everybody has their definition of what it is, but it, you, it, but describing that it's in you, that it's it's part of you. If, if that's the case, how can we hone in? Medians hone into their vibration, right? Right. If you're religious, you hone into your faith. And if, but if you're an entrepreneur, 
Like, how do you hone into this to make it work to your advantage? Absolutely. And so the way that intuition communicates with you uh, is through things called intuitive signals. And we were talking about earlier, but there's, there's aspects to these signals that are very, very important. There's positive signals and negative signals. A positive signal is the one that tells you that you need to move ahead with a decision. So for me, for example, it's the dots connecting or a feeling of flow. And there's one CEO I actually interviewed for my podcast series. And what he was saying is he sees this omen on his right shoulder. There's no shape, no color. Uh, but if he's doing a business deal or he's hiring someone or working with a vendor and this omen pops up, he says yes. And 100% of the time, uh, it's worked. And he's grown two ventures now, basically from ground zero to multi-million dollar businesses. Uh, and he's on the second one, um, which is doing very, very well internationally. Um, and then there's also these negative signals. And the negative signals, which you have to be paid close attention to, is that these negative signals actually start very subtle in nature. And these are the ones that we actually ignore. So every one of us has actually walked into a room or seen someone saying, something's off here. And these could be internal thoughts. But that's the internal, those are the subtle intuitive signals triggering to say that you've got to be careful about the situation or you got to back away. And remember, this is the flight or flight. There's, it's just boom, it's going to happen. And your intuitive signal is telling you uh, the negative ones that you got to back away. And so what we need to do is we have to be careful in, in making sure that we take the time to find out what these signals are by looking in the past. And so I was interviewing one entrepreneur and he actually didn't know what his signals were. I mean, that's not something you commonly ask. Let's go for coffee. What are your intuitive signals? I mean, that's not <laughs> something that you kind of ask. But when we started talking about the failures that he got into, into the ventures, Every time he started to describe a different venture that he failed at, he grabbed his left earlobe. And so he just it just hit him. He said, Sunil, I just, now I remember when I got into these ventures, knowing that I'm getting to them for the wrong reason, which is money or fame, or he just didn't, his heart was in it. His left earlobe kept pulsating with heat. And he remembers talking to his wife about those ventures. And once again, his left earlobe got hot. So this is how unique these signals are to each one of us. So we can talk about a voice or that gut feeling. But we have to be careful that we may have other feelings that are like, that are unique. So for example, I get anxious or I get that gut feeling, but let's say for you and I, let's say we have that gut feeling and that's a negative signal. If that's signal number 1 for you, then that's fantastic because when that gut feeling comes up, you know that you need to make you need to back away. But if I make the mistake of thinking that that that, that my gut signal is also signal number 1, but it's actually signal number 3, what happens is I've missed signal number one and signal number two. And if I've missed those two signals, I've made two bad decisions. And those two bad decisions could be I'm just stubbing my toe or I could be headed towards bankruptcy. I don't know. And the way that intuition actually works is that it's like driving a car. Uh, you, you drive a car, you press the button or turn the keys and you hear the engine whir, which are your signals, and you drive off. And nobody really needs to be a mechanic to pop open the hood to figure out what it is. I'm such a nerd that I want to say, no, come on, there's got to be a lot more of this. Let's pop open the hood of intuition and figure out what's going on. And I found out that there's actually four types of intuition that actually work together. This is how complex it comes. Uh, and they actually work together. And then they send you the signals. And the best way I can show you how these four types of intuition work is through a non-believer. One of my first interviewees was a fellow by the name of John Rothschild, who was an investment banker. And so when you talk about things like voices from God and coming from the cosmos as intuition, there he is not even going to, he's just going to say, yeah, intuition does not exist. And I even, uh, so I went to go see him 
I turned on the camera and I said, John, well, there's a CEO that sees these omens trying to convince him that, you know, there's some people that are actually in business, you know, seeing these things. He goes, yeah, you know, Sneel, I'd love to shake that guy's hand, but you know what? Intuition is, it just doesn't come in. I mean, any decision you make is based on learning and experience. And so I said, okay, so now we're talking about the first of four intuitive types. Yeah, that one is called experiential intuition. So if you look at your brain like an iceberg, 90%, which is subconscious, is below water. The 10% is above water. And what happens is every single day, ever since you're born, you've got all these experiences, all this learning, both good and bad, formal and informal, uh, your experiences and experiences of others, every single day being constantly put into this subconscious part of your brain by your intuition, like a library, so that when you're able to make a decision, your intuition goes into the library, pulls out the relevant experience and learning that you need to inform you of that decision. So by the time you get a signal, you already have the, the, the ability and the skills to make that. Or you've done something wrong in the past that's going to send you a negative signal saying, ah, 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 you've done something like this in the past and didn't turn out for you well. So that's what experiential intuition does. And in some cases, skills I've acquired over a very long career. And, and in some cases, your, your intuition, your experiential intuition has you go against the data. And so John perks up and goes, oh, my God, I've got an example of this. So John was in the business of putting franchise locations. So things like, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's, Wendy's, and that kind of stuff. And they used a benchmarking system where a 9 out of 10 is where they put, let's say, a McDonald's uh, franchise. And they looked at traffic patterns, demographic data, development in that area, for example. There was this one location in a, in a really crappy area of Toronto, and his team looked at it. It was a five and a half out of 10. Yet now we're going to talk about the second type called situational intuition. Him and his partner walked to this area and they just simply look around and go, you know what? Something is telling me that we should put a location here. And now John's saying, I think it's a, perhaps intuition. I'm not sure. But he goes ahead, goes against his team's recommendation and puts uh, a location there. And that was the first location for a franchise opportunity called the beer market. And that ended up being the most successful of franchises under the whole portfolio franchise that franchises they had. Now John's starting to get convinced. At some point, John's purpose changes. He wants to go from investment banker to running a business. And now we're going to talk about the third of, uh, type called relational intuition. What relational intuition does is it filters the people through to only allow those who really, really care about what you want. They're going to support you through the ups and downs, and they're going to embrace your purpose and have the right intentions. Not necessarily yes people, but you can really rely on them. So everybody who is concerned about when John wanted to change and he wanted to run a business, everybody concerned about money, fame, ego, high-end restaurants, limousines, private jets, security. All of them told him he was nuts. The one person, and they never asked him what he wanted. They just told him he's nuts. They never asked him why he wanted to change. One person was his wife that believed in him. And he looks to his wife and says, this just feels right. Mm. There's the intuitive signal from a non-believer. And the fourth of the four is called creative intuition. This is the one that actually makes the decision for you based on the other three. And you would think that with John's extensive experience making three to $4 million as an investment banker would pick a business that has strong cash flows, healthy revenues, and a really good balance sheet. His intuition picks a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That restaurant location, after he quits, goes in, ends up being 
Eastside Mario's location number one. And he grew that one chain into over a thousand under different brand names. And in the 20 years after he retired, that became a $2 billion behemoth, all because it felt right. That's the power of intuition. And breaking it down, those the, those four different layers, they it all makes sense. You know, like, <gasps> exactly, right? It's, it's almost mythical in a sense when you feel it, when it comes on. But the way you break it down is very logical. It totally makes yes. sense. It's progressive. It's your, you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, the caveman days, right? Like you, you're, you're walking through and you see, you know, pattern, pattern, pattern. That is not a normal pattern. You have that feeling like something's off, right? And you've seen it before, the, the whole idea of having it be experiential. Uh, it, it, I want to go more into the creative side yep. uh, because that side is is something that I think a, a lot of entrepreneurs are hesitant on. And I think, you know, when you talked about, you had everybody telling him that was not a good idea. Don't go yeah. that route. But yeah. his wife was there and, and the, the language that he tells himself, I wonder if, if it's not so much the people that are there to support you, it's the way you describe this particular opportunity. Cause in every single one of those scenarios, you went with that same thing. It feels something feels right. Yeah, so you're telling me there's a chance. And, and we feel things a lot. You know, it, it, Tony Robbins talks a lot about the way our body reacts to situations and the names that we give those reactions. So, you know, right when you're about to step on a stage to have a, a, a talk, you're you're freaking out. Your your heart's beating. You're you're breathing a little harder. You might be a little clammy, and you tell yourself something. You either tell yourself, "I'm I'm ugh, this. I'm too I'm too anxious. I can't do this," or you tell yourself, "I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go." The physical part is the same what you're telling yourself is different and it pushes you towards that direction i'm wondering if when you're talking about intuition we're feeling certain things and because we identify we named it as this is my intuition or whatever it is now that i've identified it is it helping guide me in a direction because i'm purposeful and intentful on it absolutely and that feeling is we're back to again the science part right so when it hits the amygdala that's all feeling based that's exactly what happens. And so, and again, at the amygdala, it's, it's, it's trust. Like, and I, again, I'm making up words uh, because there's no capacity for language. So any, every single time when I, when I, in my podcast series, one of the first questions I ask is what's your definition of intuition? And 99% of them come down to it's what I feel. Mm -hmm. Right. Some of them go into sort of, uh, you know, different areas that, that uh, you know, it's manifestation or what have you. But again, it comes down to what they feel. And that's exactly what intuition is. And it's those signals that guide you to make those those decisions. And one of the things that you have to be careful of is that sometimes we fear one of the biggest hurdles to trusting our intuition is fear, fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of failure. And so when you're talking about going up on stage uh, and and, you know, feeling those butterflies, that's your emotional, you're being overly emotional and you're reacting to fear that you got to put this. But don't forget when when you're there, being there to speak, somebody's asked you to be there to speak because you have some knowledge that you can disseminate. And that knowledge comes from your experience of learning, which your intuition is telling you. So if your intuition is telling you, you can do this and you've said yes to that speaking engagement, that's based on an intuitive signal saying, yeah, you got this. And so how you look, how you break past that fear is you have to pay attention to those those signals saying it's positive. Therefore, I need to take a step forward. And a really good case study is, is I had a colleague of mine, David Dame, who uh, has cerebral palsy. And his biggest dream 
was to just simply go on the beach and have somebody just lift him up so he can feel the sand and the and the water just through his toes. A couple of years ago, he got that opportunity and they wheel him up to the sand and water barrier and they lift him up, his friends lift him up and he falls flat on his face. And now he's full of embarrassment and fear grips him like anything. And he says, Sunil, I have two things I can do at this moment. I can ignore my intuition and succumb to the fear and sit back in that wheelchair and forever regret that I can't turn my dream into a reality, even though I'm right here. Or I can trust my intuitive signal that's saying, take a step. And another signal tank saying, take another step and take another step. And I'm pointing to my chin for those listening. He gets to where the water gets up to his chin level. And then he turns around and he realized how far he just came. Mm. And so when you're trusting your intuition, first, you got to take advantage of those signals and figure out what they are. Spend the time to look at the signals. I have a seven day challenge where uh, it gives you the seven step proprietary seven step process that takes you through exactly how to solve a problem using your intuition. Remember, this is your subconscious phenomenon. You're born with it, your signals, the way you define it, uh, your experiences, your learning. All I'm doing is shining a light on what something you already have as a tool that helps you make the right decision all the time. And so if you look at my seven step process, the first thing you do is identify a problem that you haven't solved. And the, the first thing you do is like, take a look at, okay, if I didn't solve my problem, I've ignored my intuition a number of times. So what you do is you figure out, okay, what, what what did it feel like in the moment? Because once I have my inventory of negative signals, the next step is to figure out, okay, how am I going to solve that problem? And so that's where your positive signals come in. You have to do the negative signals first, because if you try and sneak in uh, a process that is not going to solve your problem because you're emotional about it, your negative signal is going to come in saying, ah, 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 Sunil. Don't put that in there. That's not going to help you get to a solution. And so this, then you, you've got your, your negative signals. Now you've got your positive signals. The next step is to figure out who's going to help you solve that problem. And you, you don't want to choose your best friend if your best friend does not have uh, that expertise, right? You may want to Im invite your best friend because it's, it's cool you're doing a seven-day challenge. But if that's not the right person, once again, a negative signal is going to come in and say, ah, 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 Sunil. Don't bring someone in because it, this, that person's not going to help solve your problem. When you bring the right person or people in, your positive and suitable signals are going to say, yeah, that's the right person. And then you look to the, if you have to change an environment, and then you solve it, uh, and you take action. And in that seven-day seven challenge, which is free, by the way, I measure your intuition at the start and at the end on a percentage basis, and I have close to now 55,000 people through that, in, that challenge. And 100% of the time, their intuition has gotten stronger within the seven days. And if you need some help, I have case studies of two people who actually go through each of the tasks with you with the decisions that they made. One is uh, John Harris, who actually sold his house in the seven days. Um, he actually started day one with a realtor who threw a card in his face and was saying, you can only get $20,000 under asking price. That's all you're going to get. And before he was a pushover, he said, oh, okay, okay, I understand. I trust you. And he would have signed the, the, the contract. Yet he, he said something is up with this person and he waited. And on the seventh day, he had a bidding war and he sold his house for $50,000 over asking price. That's a $70,000 decision, $10,000 a day. It's not bad. Uh, and the second person is actually someone who was a witness to a homicide. So not only was she a witness to a homicide, she actually walked into the apartment where her boyfriend had just murdered one of their friends in the bathtub. Uh, he invites her to the, to the apartment, closes the door behind her, 
locks it, puts a knife to her back and says, I'm already going away for one murder. Might as well make it two. You're next. Mm-hmm. And she, her intuition calms him. The relational intuition calms him down. Uh, make sure that she doesn't get emotional and he doesn't get emotional. He ends up assaulting her, choking her. She broke a couple of blood vessels. He asked her to clean up the blood. Uh, and her intuition paid attention that there was one intuitive moment that got her to run. And she found that, ran, unlocked the doors, ran 18 down flights down the, uh, uh, the apartment, called 911. Obviously, she's alive. She used the seven-day challenge to, f- to really kind of deal with the depression, anxiety, and PTSD. It didn't solve it for her because these are complex issues, but it minimized it. And what she found in the seven-day challenge is, is when she was done, she could go back to the gym, and that's where she can emotionally kind of unwind. And she started to learn how to trust people so that she doesn't have to put you know 10 locks on her door. She can actually put one or two. She can actually walk out without looking around, uh, behind her shoulder. And so if these two people can go through the seven-day challenge to solve their problems, you can solve uh, any kind of problem. And I give you a fillable PDF sheet, which you can download. And so you can copy that and solve every single problem using your own intuition forever. And it's free. Man, Sunil, this is one of those episodes where I sat and I listened and I learned. I didn't do very much talk. He ain't lying. This is the, I mean, literally very, very powerful uh, information that you shared with us today. Uh, I know there's going to be a ton of people who are, who want to know what's going on. How can they get a hold of your seven day challenge? How can they get a hold of you? How can they find out more information about what you're doing in your podcast? Absolutely. So uh, if you go to intuitionology.com, the seven day challenge is there. When they're in the seven day challenge, they get a free copy of my e-copy uh, of my book, uh, my ebook gut. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, um, and LinkedIn. I'm going to try TikTok without dancing. If I try dancing, their intuitive signal is going to say, stop watching him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, the podcast series, uh, you can link up through intuitionology.com forward slash podcast. And there's links to Apple uh, it's just, uh, iTunes, Deezer, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and that's how you find me. And send me a DM. I'm happy to help. All right, ladies and gents, you heard it. I know you're feeling this in your gut right now. You're like, gosh, I need to do that. I have so many problems going on. I have so many things that I haven't overcome. I have challenges that I want to take on, projects that I want to do. I got to do this, right? That is your intuition telling you, you need to go check out Sunil's stuff. You know, it's, it's like anything else. It's a muscle. You need to learn how it works. You need to work with it. And it's yours. It's unique to you. So make sure you guys go out and check out his stuff, into, uh, intuitionology.com. Follow uh, what, what Sunil is doing. Check it out. You won't regret it. I promise you anything that you learn that can help you make a decision where you feel good about it, you're going to sleep better at night. So, Neil, thank you very much for coming uh, on the show today, spending uh, you know some of your valuable time and making the change for me because I know we're supposed to be scheduled for Friday. No problem. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you again manana. Manana is my favorite day of the week, S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. We'll see you then. Peace. And we're out. If I can find the button because I have to <laughs> scroll up here. There it is. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at cfsburst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network 
www.businessbros.biz.